Welcome to In the Club VIP, a Kansas Athletic Club production, striving for incremental improvement every day. Hey everybody, Patrick here. We got another episode of In the Club VIP. This week, uh, I'm doing a little introduction for the episode. Uh, A little bit different because I didn't really introduce much of what we were talking about once we started the interview because we did an interview this week. So this week, uh, I was fortunate enough to uh, have a Zoom call with the um, KU head men's basketball strength and conditioning coach. And he's got a lot of other titles. You'll kind of get to that in the episode. But his name is Ramsey. Actually, excuse me. It is Dr. Ramsey Nijem. And he, uh, he's he got a really cool story. He, uh, he was actually the youngest head strength and conditioning coach uh, of an NBA team. That's a fact. You can look it up on the old Google. Yeah, check that out. Um, but he's, he's got a really cool story about um, you know kind of coming up in the strength and conditioning world, um, kind of is, is maybe his fitness journey. Um, and that seems to be kind of a theme that we're, we're hitting on with a, a lot of people that we have on is kind of figuring out what their fitness journey is. And, and man, he's got a cool one. So give this week a listen. Uh, make sure that uh, you rate, subscribe, review wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, give us that five stars on Apple Podcasts, um, not to pander too much, but um, we really appreciate feedback. Make sure that you uh, let us know what you like, what you don't like. Um, if you want to hear any topics, you know, reach out to us, reach out to us on Facebook um, or just in the comment section. We appreciate all that. So um, let's get into this interview with Dr. Ramsey Nijem. Enjoy. I think this is our second guest that's not uh, a member of Kansas Athletic Club. Um, he is in the fitness industry. I'll introduce him here. His name's Dr. Ramsey Nijem. He uh, is currently the head strength and conditioning coach, and I'm probably going to get this title wrong, of, of KU, um, KU Athletics, or is this KU basketball specifically, Ramsey? Yeah, I only work with men's basketball. Okay. Uh, you know, I help, help the other coaches in, in how, whatever capacity I can, but uh, my role is men's basketball. Okay. I, I knew, dude, you got a lot of titles, man. So I didn't want to mess it up. I could be like reading off my phone and be super professional, but I'll let you tee it up, man. First of all, thank you for, for taking the time to, to just kind of talk with us a little bit today. And, and, and let's start there. Like what, what exactly is your title? And, and then we'll get into your story a little bit. Yeah. Well, currently I, I'm entering my second season. I've now been at the University of Kansas for one year with the title of Director of Sport Performance. Um, I think technically it's an associate AD position, but you know, uh, behind all the fancy titles, my, my role is to oversee strength and conditioning. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, usually that, that brings in some elements of sports science or, or data collection and analyzation. And then obviously nutrition becomes a big part because I feel like my main role is reminding them to eat food every day. But, uh, you know, uh, fundamentally the nuts and bolts of the job is, is strength and conditioning on the floor, coaching, writing programs and trying to help these guys reach their goals. Awesome, man. Yeah, that's that's really cool. I, the, the the titles go always get a little bit intricate, right? When you get into to big uh, big time sports. So, um, but it sounds like you really like being, you know, in the in with the athletes, working with them one on one, doing the strength, conditioning, nutrition, things like that. Is that right? 
Yeah, yeah. And we, and we, we train as a team. Um, you know, mm-hmm. we'll do small groups occasionally, but we mainly train as a team. But, yeah, I mean, my passion certainly lies on, on the floor, you know, uh, writing programs, but but most importantly, coaching them and, and challenging these guys to get better every day. And, you know, whether it's add, add weight to the bar, add effort or intensity to the movement, whatever it is, just making sure we're, we're getting everything out of them that we can to ultimately help them achieve their goals. Right, right. Yeah, man, that's really cool. So uh, before we get too much into just like strength and conditioning, because I'm, I'm kind of a nerd myself, I like getting into the science stuff, but um, I like a good story. And, and so we actually got the got connected through through Michael Yabbit. Um, everybody in Epic knows him. So um, and even in CrossFit over at Kansas Athletic Club, but um, he's told me multiple times, you got a really cool story. So I Take me back, I guess, like kind of a little bit of your fitness journey, a little bit of your, you know, academic journey and, and what got you to be in at KU. Yeah, well, I'll start by saying I never thought that I would find myself living in, uh, in the Midwest. Uh, I'm a California uh, born and raised and, you know, I'm certainly Californian by almost every stretch of that imagination. Uh, first time I've been in the cold many times because I spent five years in the NBA. So certainly I've traveled through cold places and and did all that but it's a little bit different when you know you get to leave in 48 hours versus you know living there um right so you know taking it back I guess uh to kind of the beginning of the fitness journey I started uh, my kind of fitness you know, passion I guess through basketball uh, I was a basketball player through high school wanted to be an NBA player 5'10 not the most athletic guy certainly not the tallest guy and not the most skilled guy so all those things typically add up to not being a professional basketball player <laughs> Uh, and so at 18, I basically realized that wasn't happening. And by 19, uh, I remember I was getting ready to transfer. I did my undergrad at UC Santa Barbara. I was ready to transfer to D2 school. And, um, you know, just so I could compete and still had a, the school I was going to go to was still good academically. And I was at that time, my older brother actually said, hey, why don't you become a personal trainer? You love working out. People ask you for advice. And I said, well, I don't know. What the heck is that? How do you do that? You know, I didn't go to a high school with strength and conditioning coaches. So I didn't even know that was a job. And that was really just where it took off, you know, from there, kind of re- read a whole textbook in, you know, two weeks and realized, wow, this must be something I'm passionate about because I can't put these books down. Um, so that turned into like, you know, the certification, which turned into the first internship, which turned into the first job. Um, that passion of coaching and, and the science, what we do turned into, you know, me pursuing a master's degree. Um, I was you know, I was pretty hungry at the time because I wanted to be an NBA strength coach. I knew I had an opportunity. I had met some good people. So I did my undergrad in three years. I did the master's in one year. And by then, you know, I'm sitting there at 22 with a master's and I'm like, yo, who, some, someone hired me. Someone hired me. And, yep. uh, you know, you realize you still got your dues to pay. So went back to Santa Barbara. I actually coached at Santa Barbara City College. It was an incredible uh, opportunity. Coached outdoors. So we had like this rogue kind of CrossFit like if you walk by it it looked like an outdoor CrossFit you know we just had the rogue rack set up all the equipment bumpers and bars and kettlebells in the shed and so uh we literally would open up the gate at you know 5 a.m I'll tell all the athletes their lift they would grab their equipment we'd get after it and, um, it was at that time I started my doctorate degree because I had some time you know coaching at that at the city college level um also worked at a place called P3 then which is an applied performance um, facility that, that caters to the NBA athlete. Um, and then a year later, it all kind of, you know, was the springboard of the career when the Sacramento Kings called and hired me for the assistant role. Spent two years as the assistant, 
while working on the doctorate. By 25, I was uh, promoted to the head strength coach, 27, finished the doctorate, and at 28, the University of Kansas called. Um, so that's kind of my journey, you know, in a, with a seatbelt on, you know, taking, taking you through it pretty quick there. Yeah, man, that's, that's pretty incredible. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think there's a couple things in there. One, um, yeah, going from California to the Midwest has to be quite a bit of a culture shock. So are you used to, you know, winter yet? Because I think on a day like today, when it's like, like 40 degrees, cold and gray, I'm, gu- I'm guessing you probably miss California a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm getting used to it. You know, I, I don't know if I've, if I've earned the right to say that I've, I'm used to it yet, because I've only spent one winter really here. <laughs> Yeah, um, you know, so so somebody's probably listening and saying this dude hasn't hasn't earned the right to say anything about it. But uh, you know, I got used to the cold pretty quick. The cold was was always something I wasn't too worried about because you can just throw coats on or whatever. And I was right, used to right. that traveling with the team. Um, what was new to me and was actually scary was black ice. I've never had to drive through black ice, and so I remember my first time pulling up to a stop sign and you hit the brakes and like that doesn't work, and I'm just <laughs> sliding through and I'm like, yo, what is going on here? Um, you know, you're tapping the brake because that's what people tell you. Just tap, tap, <laughs> tap, and try to. Um, that was like, oh shoot, this is this is different. So, um, but I will say, like the the morning after the snow is out, you know, always really pretty. Like at least oh, here yeah. in Lawrence, they they do a great job of cleaning the the snow out. And so, you know, you're driving through a clean road with beautiful snow everywhere. So that's always nice. So, um, yeah, I don't know if I'm used to it, but certainly, uh, it's not as bad as I envisioned. Getting there, getting there. So, and then the other thing too, and like you said, you kind of, you kind of breeze through it, but um, I just kind of wanted to go back. Um, you know, you finished undergrad, was it, you just said 2011, I think, is that when um, I, I looked 2012. This, uh, 2012. Okay. So you mm-hmm. finished in 2012 and in eight years, you've gone from finishing undergrad to getting a master's, getting a doctorate, head coach, uh, head strength coach position, uh, actually, excuse me, assistant strength coach position for an NBA team and then head and now KU, man, that is a whirlwind in a short amount of time. I don't think a lot of people realize um, how much hard work goes into that. And you basically just crammed that into like half the time that most people do. Um, is that, is it fair to say? Yeah, yeah, it definitely is a lot. Um, and, you know, when you're in it, you just take the next opportunity as it comes. And, you you know, I'm, I'm of the belief that if you just put your head down and work every day, like good things tend to happen. Um mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, it certainly has been kind of a whirlwind, and it's been been much faster than I than I thought it would be. You know, I'm I'm the guy who has a whiteboard of goals for his next ten years, right? I'm I'm just one of those guys, and um, so even like if I think back to when I decided, you know, at 19, I want to be an NBA strength coach. Well, I, I remember writing on the board that I wanted that to happen when I was 28, um, mm-hmm. and I just thought that it would take that long because. I had planned to get my master's. I thought about a doctorate. I thought, well, after the doctorate, you got to get some more years under your belt. Like, so for that to happen at 25, you know, I knew I was just very fortunate. Um, and so, yeah, things have certainly been expedited along a path that I never, you know, expected and, and certainly appreciate. Yeah, man, definitely. And, and like, like you also mentioned too, going back, um, you'll have to remind me the school name again, uh, the community college that you're at. Um, or, Santa Barbara City College. Yeah, Santa Barbara City College, not community college. Um, but uh, like, man, the hours are grueling too, right? So I, I have a brief experience working as a strength and conditioning coach. And part of the reason why I told myself I wouldn't was because, man, you're up early, then you're up late, and then you're up early again, you're up late, and you're just working nonstop. It's a grind, right? Yeah, it certainly is. And it's, uh, you know, it's just one of those things where I, for some reason, there's 
and, and I'm guilty of it too, but there's this kind of like uh, strength coaches wear their, their hours on their sleeve, right? Like they're just so excited to tell people that they work 20 hours a day and don't sleep. And mm-hmm. uh, I just, it doesn't make sense. You know, I think that's something that we, we need to collectively change as an industry is the value that we bring and, and, and at least be compensated for it. You know, that mm-hmm. average strength coach salary isn't very high. And a lot of strength coaches, like you just said, you're up, you're up late, you're up early, you work all day, you're missing family time. Um, and that just leads to like burnout and lack of excitement for the job. Don't go. So those are things I've always tried to kind of appreciate and, and contextualize and know that, you know, if you do that for too long, eventually, you know, you're just going to, you're going to burn the candle at both ends. And, um, you know, if your if your tank isn't full, how could you be expected to fill somebody else's tank up, right? And that's kind of your job as a strength coach, sure, is to add weight to the bar and get people stronger and bigger and faster. But beyond that, right, beyond the, the platform, it's it's making sure that the people you serve are excited to to get better every day, and you got to fill them up. And if you if you have nothing left when you wake up to service them, I mean, it's gonna be pretty hard to do. Yeah, man, absolutely. I I couldn't agree more. Um, I know personally coaching early morning classes. That's that's and something you bring an energy to an early morning, you know, lift and early morning workout is, is so crucial. And actually we're very fortunate where our gym is at, like the athletes that come in at 5.00 AM are just grinders, man. Like they bring the energy and a lot of times it's picking me up, which I feel good about. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I think, I think that's a great point as far as, you know, if, if you don't have the energy to help somebody like, like you're really not doing your job as, as a coach at that point. So Let's uh, let's kind of get into your time with Sacramento Kings. So so you get the job. You say you're assistant coach. Um, what you're 23, 24 at this point. Um, yeah. What's what's it like being a, a you know assistant and then a, a head strength and conditioning coach for an NBA team? Yeah. Um, I mean, it's fun. You know, I'll start by kind of saying the punchline is it is fun and um, just like every job, there's kind of some pros, there's some cons, there's some things you love there's some things you wish you didn't have to deal with you know all of those things remain true at any job um now certainly when I took that role as the assistant I was you know on cloud nine and it was honeymoon season for the first year anyways um because at the end of the day I think one of the nice parts about kind of that NBA role or probably any professional sport is with all the kind of BS that might come with the role and whether it's whether you're in sales or you know, you're an engineer or whatever your industry of choice is. Like, you're going to have to deal with stuff that you may not want to. The nice side about professional sports is at the end of the day, when the ball goes up, you fundamentally are paid to, like, watch basketball, right? Like, that was always <laughs> kind of my thing. It was like, I didn't really like that we had to deal with that today. Oh, okay, well, the ball's going to get tipped at seven, and I get to paid, I get paid to watch LeBron James tonight or, you know, our players or the opposing. Like, it's just one of those things where I think that was always a nice little cherry on top. Um mm-hmm. So I loved it, man. And I'm a basketball guy. Um, I'm a fan of the game. So, you know, for me, it was a dream job. And um, and every day I try to remind myself of that, right? When I park my car in the garage, you got to kind of remind yourself you're, you're fortunate to have this role. You know, I always looked at it as, hey, they can post my job on one of these job posting sites and get a thousand applicants in one hour, right? There's no shortage of strength coaches who want to take your job. So, you know, try to appreciate that every day and, and just bring positive energy to the environment because you know that if I don't do it, someone else would happily come and do it and probably do it for less, right? That's like the other thing about our industry. Like mm-hmm. the people that make the hires know that they could probably go find someone for less money. Um, 
and the people that evaluate what we do, they don't really know what we do. So they don't know if you're good or not for the most part, right? If you, if you do a good job of kind of demonstrating your value, then hopefully that goes a long way. But um, yeah, I mean, it was great. And, you know, whether it was watching the games, training the athletes, the travel, like I didn't grow up, you know, um, very well off. So I didn't travel much. So even just getting on the plane and, you know, a chartered plane and going to cities I've never been to or going to countries I've never been to, um, you know, those are opportunities that I'll always, you know, kind of hold dear to my heart and know that that was a fun, fun five years in the NBA. Yeah, man, that's that's really incredible. And I think uh, a couple points, one um, that, that stuck out to me was was how you, um, you know, basically you mentioned a lot of people don't really know what strength and conditioning coaches do. And, and it, I, I think I think the industry um, of really just professional sports, but collegiate sports, even all the way down to youth sports are getting better. Um, but I wouldn't say it's necessarily good as far as like understanding strength and conditioning. A lot of times you, you, you get that old school, like high school football coach mentality where it's like, well, yeah, you just, you know, lift really, really heavy shit. And then, and then you're good. Right. And it's like, well, there's some nuance to it. And like, you know, there's, you have a doctorate degree uh, that, that basically says like, yeah, I know this a little bit better than that. So um, I, I mean, I guess, and then on top of that too, that doesn't even contribute to like the, the actual like old school coaches where they're like, we don't need to lift weights. Um, did you ever run into any of that in like, I, I don't necessarily assume in the NBA, but, but maybe I'm, maybe I'm wrong with that. No, not really. Um, you know, certainly that, that exists, right. That traditional kind of sport coach mentality where it's, you know, just play the sport and get better at the sport. And, mm-hmm. you know, I would even argue at some level, there's some validity to that, but there's also, equal validity in the opposite end where it's like you're pretty good at your sport your problem is you're weak you're slow and you're small and like no matter how good at your sport you now there's outliers right like someone someone inevitably will say well Steph Curry doesn't lift that much weight or KD couldn't bench press 180 or whatever and it's like okay you're talking about like the top 10 players in the world right so once you move out of like the top 10 most skilled players in the world then there's some value in being physically strong fast you know all those good things that we work on as strength coaches or you were blessed with the anthropometrics that we can't change right you just happen to be seven feet with a seven two wingspan or seven Mm -hmm. five okay well congratulations you hit the genetic lottery and now you get paid (laughs) for it um yeah but so i've never had to deal with it just because i think most coaches that i've always worked with have have understood those things right like we're gonna have outliers on the skill side but for the most part, our athletes need to get bigger, faster, stronger. Or in the NBA, you kind of got the shift on the other side of the spectrum, which is just keep them healthy. Like, and I and I fully do agree that availability is the best ability. And so um, there is value in the weight room from just an injury risk reduction standpoint. I kind of shy away from injury prevention because I don't know if we can prevent things, but um, certainly we can reduce the chances of them by doing some of those nuanced things you talked about, you know, in the weight room. Yeah. Yeah, man, definitely. I think, uh, and actually I don't, I didn't even explain this. Yeah. I'm actually a physical therapist as well. So, um, you know, the, I, I always look like cringe a little bit at injury prevention. Cause like the second you say injury prevention, people are like, well, they still got injured. It's like, okay, yeah, but they just got tackled. You know, uh, somebody took a helmet right to the knee. Like, yeah, you can't prevent that no matter how strong you are and how much, you know, right. injury prevention quote unquote, you try to do. So um, I'm happy that you said that. Um, and it actually kind of sparked another question too, um, as far as injury risk reduction, like how um, in concert do you work with, um, you know, athletic trainers, physical therapists, team doctors, things like that? 
Yeah. Um, you know, certainly at the NBA level where, where there's um, the money is obviously available to hire high level athletic trainers, strength coaches, PTs, dietitians, data analysts. Um, and then you bring in the ancillary stuff, right? Sports psych or massage or Cairo or whatever that might just be around. Mm-hmm. Um, you work, you know, pretty close, you know, like in the NBA every day, you have some version of a meeting with those people. Um, whether it's a formal sit down at a round table, like you might envision from a meeting perspective, or it's just a casual, you know, hey, the athletic trainer calls you in because this athlete said he felt this and he's coming in the weight room next and make sure you tweak that and what's contraindicated today. What are we trying, you know, trying to get out of this? Um, so those things, those communication lines are always open and, and they're, they're emphasized and focused on, um, you know, probably above all else, because as long as the practitioners can agree and get on the same page, then typically that's going to trickle down a good service up for the athlete or a good kind of holistic healthcare or whatever terminology or um, semantics, you know, people want to argue what it's called high performance models or like, yeah, just communicate and take care of the dang people in front of you. Um, and right. that, that's, that's, that's done at, uh, it's done often. And I think at a, at a pretty high level for the most part at, at the NBA and, college levels are just a little bit different because the money isn't as high. So that means that the salaries are, or the ability to bring in more salaries with more practitioners is, is obviously lower, but same thing. I talk every single day with our athletic trainer, whether it's a text message before I even get in, you know, any moment he might text me and say something about a player because he just got done treating them, whether it's right before or whether it's right when I get onto the practice court, you know, Hey, Chad, who's our athletic trainer here's you know something I saw today or hey this player said this just want to make sure it's on your radar so you know those communication lines again are just always happening because um you don't want to ever miss something right and and, mm-hmm. and have the time you know 50 percent of the communication probably doesn't change things because it's it's already understood and and, and known but there's that other 50 percent that becomes you know obviously really compelling and, and, and informative in what we're going to do next right if a player has something that is contraindicated now, I probably should know that before I put them under the bar for a back squat. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's it's a way better to over-communicate than, than under-communicate, you know. You'd much rather be doing that. Um, yeah. So, actually, I kind of to transition a little bit, you you mentioned, um, you know, the difference between college and NBA is, is kind of, you know, it's, it's similar, but it's still different. And it kind of just sparked the question off the top of my head, you know, why, why leave the NBA? Why, why take this job at KU? And, and, you know, I guess, why are you here, man? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's probably the, uh, the I'm sure you've gotten that a lot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I answer it probably more than any question. I think it's a fair question. It, it was a question that I had to ask myself, obviously a hundred times before, mm-hmm. before taking the role. Um, it's funny, you know, at first when I, when this, this role got on my radar, um, it was something that I wasn't highly interested in and that's because I didn't fully appreciate um, where I was at in my career and what I wanted to accomplish and the impact that I wanted to have. I was first kind of stuck to the idea of I have my dream job. Mm-hmm. And um, so as soon as you kind of a, you, you kind of say something like that, it's very hard to leave, right? Because you have your dream job. Why would you ever leave? This is the pinnacle of where you wanted your career to go. And I realized how stupid that was because it wasn't that I had my dream. It was I, I achieved that. And now it's okay. Well, you got to move your goalposts, right? You, mm-hmm. you can't just be content or complacent. And that was something that 
you know, that was advice that I would give to a, a different strength coach. If a different strength coach came to me, I would have said something like along those lines of, hey, you've achieved that. Congratulations. But what's next? You got to move your goals. You got to continue to grow. You got to take risks. And me knowing that I would say those things to somebody, it felt kind of, um, you know, it just felt like I was being a hypocrite if I wasn't willing to take that advice for myself and at least explore the opportunity. And so Coach Self was incredible through through the process and meeting his staff, getting here on campus and meeting his staff. Um, you know, I left campus really feeling good about what this opportunity could be. And uh, one of my assistants, my former assistant with the Sacramento Kings, Evan Van Beesler, he's now with the Oregon Ducks men's basketball program. He's actually from Kansas. He actually interned here at the University of Kansas. He actually knows Michael. And that's how me and Michael actually met was through my buddy Evan. And Evan was the guy who said, hey, man, you got to get on campus. You got to go in. Kansas is not what you think. You'll love it. Um, and that kind of convinced me to get on campus. I left here knowing it, it, it could be something really cool. You know, it was kind of one of those movie moments where I actually flew from here to Maui for vacation. I had a vacation planned. And for a week when I'm in Maui, you know, you're staring out at the ocean and, you know, kind of naturally thinking about your life and, and where you wanted to go and all of those things. And um, it just made a lot of sense because fundamentally the passion that I have for strength and conditioning extends well beyond the barbell or the sets and the reps and the platform and even the results. Like I make somebody jump high. Okay. Congratulations. Like to me, it's much bigger than that. And the impact I want to have is much bigger than that. And with the Sacramento Kings, I got a taste of that because we had some really young rookies. You know, we had guys who were 18, 19, 20 years old. Um, you know, culture is a word that's thrown around a lot, but I, I think I think for the most part, it's BS the way people use it. Like to me, culture is very hard to build. It's very uncomfortable. It's very awkward. It sucks to have to hold people accountable at times because it, those are tough conversations. Um, and I found myself doing that a lot in, in kind of my last two years with the team because we had a lot of young guys and uh, unsurprising probably uh, coaches or GMs or other people don't really want to piss off the players too often mm -hmm. because they have, you know, they're million dollar athletes, they have agents, they have egos. Whereas I'm just a strength coach. So I actually don't care. So I'm the guy who would just go tell a guy like, Hey, you probably shouldn't do that. Like, I know no one else is going to tell you, but I'll tell you. And I started to see kind of how that the players were receiving that and the relationships I was building. And, you know, for me, it just came down to, I have an opportunity to go to the university of Kansas, uh, to work with a Hall of Fame coach and a Hall of Fame coaching staff to really be at the mecca of basketball, right? Like basketball was founded here mm -hmm. um, to join a tradition unlike anything else and, and, and win, right? And win at a high level. And that was something that I wasn't exposed to with the Sacramento Kings. And so all of those things mixed in with the fact that I can help 18, 19, 20-year-olds potentially reach their dream goal of making it to the NBA, like, when all of that comes together, you're like, yo, how dumb would I be to turn this down? And so in a matter of a week, like that was really what happened. You know, at first it was, why would I leave my job? So why would I not leave my job? Um, so that's kind of the long winded version of, of how I ended up here. Yeah, man, I can tell, definitely tell you've, you know, been asked that a couple of times. That's, that's a, it's a pretty cool story. And I, I, I mean, it's, it's incredible too. Like, like you said, building, um, not necessarily building culture, but just building, uh, you know, those relationships with young athletes, helping them achieve their dreams. That's uh that's pretty cool, man. That's got to feel good. Yeah, no, it, it does. And, uh, you know, I'm only in year two now, but year one certainly went, um, 
you know, probably better than expected. If I don't say that, I'll probably sound arrogant. Like we finished number one in, in the country and uh, a unanimous favorite to win the tournament. And obviously COVID had different plans for us, but um, so we never got a chance to validate what we were able to accomplish in, in the regular season. Uh, but just through year one with the team, you know, it, it kind of confirmed every decision that I made to, to get here, you know, just the ups and downs, the, the culture that's involved in winning the, um, you know, the setbacks that we had losing to winning to just every part of that has been really good. And, and at the end of the day, I have such a high regard for our coaching staff that, you know, I view kind of my current role as I'm the strength coach who's also the intern to culture at a high level, right? Like I get to be a fly on the wall in a coach self-practice and that's worth, you know, it's weight in gold there. So, um, you know, part of coming here was like when I'm 50, I'm excited to watch uh, the Jayhawks on TV and scream rock chalk and have my jersey on it. You know, I, I kind of wanted that alumni association feel, you know, like I'm associated with a brand. I work with that team. Um, and now I would have that at, at a college level, which is really exciting. Yeah, man, that's super cool. And um, I think it's actually a good time, you know, to 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 kind of ask you a little bit more like kind of day-to-day type of operations stuff too because you kind of mentioned how you get to be a fly on the wall we've talked a little bit about like the the schedule I guess of what a, a strength coach would be but like what's a day in the in the life uh you know Ramsey right now as far as I'm sure it's a little different now as opposed to being in season um but uh but I guess what's what's an average day look like for you yeah I mean we're kind of gearing up for, for season mode you know once season hits there's obviously more things that go into it as far as the basketball side film and and all of that um but you know right now we, we train as a team midday and then we practice right after that um and then occasionally i'll do some morning kind of stuff if if i feel like guys need extra work guys want to get extra work or on off days you know we'll give them the option of getting in extra work um, but i think fundamentally my job is just to be a a 24 7 resource for these guys um and they know that my phone is always on they could you know it's not uncommon for someone to facetime me and show me what he's eating, you know, yeah, coach, you see me getting it. And so, um, <laughs> you know, stuff like that is cool. And, and, and every part of that, I think it is my role. You know, I'm, I'm fortunate to just have to be responsible for men's basketball here. And what that means is, you know, I got to pour into them 24 seven. Um, but, you know, as far as like day to day goes, you know, if, if it was a morning kind of lift group, um, so tomorrow, you know, for example, we'll do something like that where I'll wake up, I'll get my lift in, knock that out we kind of talked about that before we started recording um but get that knocked out just so you know so i feel good about what's going to happen the rest of the day go on in we'll get them some food set up in their locker room um just so they have it for for either before or after their lift if they want to get something um they'll come in get a lift in after that i'll make them some shakes send them back off hopefully they'll be able to go shut it down maybe take a nap maybe get some homework done whatever they got maybe get some extra shots in um, and then they'll come back midday around, you know, two, we'll get that lift in as a team and then we'll practice and then again, shut it down, you know, do some shakes or whatever after. Um, and then in between all of that, you know, again, just be a resource. So, you know, if a guy texts me and says, Hey coach, can I get some extra conditioning? Cool. Well, you know, let's meet in 30. Hey coach, my body's kind of sore. Cool. Come in 20 minutes before let's get a mobility session in and get loose. Um, so yeah, you know, it's, uh, it's pretty structured, but then like, again, the phone's always on and I'm always on call and ready to go. Awesome, man. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's funny. Cause when, when I originally, you know, wanted to have you on, 
I kind of thought we were going to talk more, you know, like actual strength and conditioning, athlete development stuff, but we really just got in the story and that's, that's fine. Cause I, I love a good story, but, um, I guess I, one thought that kind of popped into my head while we were going, um, and I'm going to phrase this question two separate ways, but the first way, if you had advice for somebody that's just starting out in the strength and conditioning world, um, you know, say you had to go back to yourself at age 19 when you're like, I'm going to do this, what would you tell yourself or what would you tell that kid? Yeah. Uh, I think, you know, if I was going to narrow it down to like one piece of advice, I would say, uh, dominate your current opportunity. You know, I think so many young coaches are so worried about where they want to be in five years and 10 mm -hmm. years and in one year, uh, that they view their current role as just like a stepping stone or, or I'm just paying my dues, quote unquote, mm -hmm. um, which may be true, but it doesn't mean you get to pay your dues with crappy effort, right? Like you got to show up every day and treat every client and every athlete, whether it's a youth athlete who's, you know, eight, nine years old, just needs some movement stuff, you know, they're, they're, maybe you're their daycare or whatever. And <laughs> we've done some like, you know, athletic camps for little kids before. So whether you're doing that, whether you're training the high school athlete who, you know, has a slim chance of going D3, but that's their goal and you're responsible for helping them or you're training an NBA combine guy, like whatever you're doing, just do it at a high level. Because uh, somebody will take note. Somebody's going to notice that an opportunity will come from that. And that's how you get to the next level. You know, I don't, you don't, you don't get to the next level by skipping steps or skipping the work, like show up every day, do a, do, do your due diligence, put in the effort and, and eventually you'll get to wherever you want to go. So um, if I was going to narrow it down to like one thing, it'd probably be that just dominate your current opportunity. Uh, and dude, that's actually, that's a sweet phrase. Might have to use that as the title for this episode, but um and, and it might be the same answer for my second question or second version of that question, but advice for younger athletes, you know, I'm, I know we got some, some, some families out there that have, have kids that are maybe in middle school, high school, um, as far as athletic development, like what do they need to be doing if they want to get to the level of, you know, division one basketball, NBA basketball, you know, the, these professional type levels, what, what do they do? Um, yeah, I, I would say, uh, get better every day um and there's so many ways to get better you know I think so many athletes or maybe parents of those young athletes think that getting better can only be like one of two things right you're like training in the weight room or you're training on the court or the field or for the sport and while those two should probably be the biggest buckets that you're invested in there's still recovery. So you can always do something from a recovery and you can always get some more sleep. You can always do a move, uh, you know, low intensity mobility movement session, um, nutrition. You can always either eat more or eat less if body composition is a problem or eat better. Um, so there's always those aspects. There's a mindfulness as aspect. There's a film study aspect. Um, you know, I, there's, if I was to like make, I don't know, I got a vision of a whiteboard and like this is bubble chart going like, you would run out of ink as far as listing all the ways that you can get better every day. Um, and so I think it's just, it's just try to get better every day. Um, even if it's like you, your body feels terrible and, and you can't even move that day. Well, okay. There's still something you can do to get better, right? You can get a nap. You can maybe do some breathing drills. Maybe it's some stretching. Um, so I think it's just find a way to get better every day. And, um, and hopefully like a lot of things have to go right for you to be a professional athlete. Um, mm -hmm. Some of that is work ethic, but some of it's genetics and the, the genetic lottery and some of it's just being in the right situation. So I wouldn't even worry about like that end goal. Just just invest in like the process goals of every single day get better. And 
good things will probably happen. Love it, man. Love it. Um, how do people uh, kind of find out what you do? I know you got a, a pretty good Instagram following myself included on that. So how can people find you on Instagram, Twitter, if they want to, to follow anything that you do? Yeah. Uh, Instagram is dr.ramsey.nigel. Uh, Twitter, I think is just at dr.ramsey.nigel. Um, you know, I've been working hard on like a, a, a the official name will launch Friday for, uh, so probably after this airs, but, uh, trying to actually put together some, you know, what I would kind of envision that or what I've currently termed as the performance program for performance coaches. So, you know, just trying to help younger, relatively younger. I think it, I don't want to kind of stick it just for younger coaches, but I think just coaches who want to learn and grow and ultimately achieve more, you know, trying to put a program together for, for them and invest back into them. And that actually came out of Instagram where I would answer every single DM all of the time. And my girlfriend, eventually like you are always on your phone I'm like I know but I'm answering these questions and you know you just it's funny I'll get like the DM from three years ago someone will say hey coach you told me this three years ago I went and did this and now I'm doing this and it's like damn that's crazy because I probably answered that while walking in the hallway on the way to something else Mm -hmm. it took me 20 seconds to say those words but somehow it's you know so now trying to do that in a formal way but yeah I mean if you want to keep up with me Instagram and and Twitter I'm on Instagram more Um, but those are probably the easiest ways. Awesome, man. And yeah, if, uh, you know, this will probably come out, uh, this, this Thursday, what, that's 22nd. So, uh, October 22nd, that is. So, um, we can always backdate it and I can throw in a little, little extra message if you got, if you want to put out anything else. But, uh, uh, I think that's all my questions, man. We ran through a lot of stuff that I can't believe it's already been like 40 minutes. So, um, time flies, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. But, uh, well, I, I know we didn't get to the performance kind of stuff, but that stuff's kind of boring to me anyways at times, right? <laughs> yeah, I think, I think that's, yeah, it gets a little boring. I, I don't know. Uh, like I said, I'm a little bit of a nerd, so that might be a little too, too self-indulgent for everyone to, to, uh, to want to listen to 40 minutes of, you know, strength and conditioning principles. So, um, well, hey, man, I really appreciate you taking the time jumping on with me. Um, I know a lot of listeners out here will enjoy it, especially the, the, the Jayhawk fans, those Wildcat, fa- Wildcat fans out there may not as much, but um, we're, we won't worry about them this week. All right. <laughs> Chuck Jayhawk, baby. Rock Chuck Jayhawk. That's right. Hey, Ramsey, appreciate it. Um, again, look him up, Instagram, Twitter. Um, and uh, thanks again for joining me, man. Thank you. I appreciate it.